Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, folks. So I want to try this again. I was trying to thank the first family earlier, and I started to call out my children's name. <laughs> I had a, another senior moment, that, but I, again, I wanted to thank Governor John Bell Edwards, his beautiful wife, Donna, and his three kids, Samantha Bell, Sarah Ellen, and John Miller, um, you know, the, holding the first family uh, uh, together and understanding the, the, the difficulties of, of governing and the disruption in, in their lives and the sacrifice that they made to all of the first families. And the same holds true for the incoming uh, Governor Jeff Landry. It, it's the sacrifices that, that are made and, and for the leadership in this, in this state. And we wish uh, the governor and his uh, family uh, the best and whatever endeavor that he uh, embarks upon. Uh, just just a fine, fine gentleman. All right. Our GNO Inc. Hour, we have Josh Flagg uh, here, Senior VP of Business Development, to talk about a number of issues uh, around um, the metropolitan area. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Newell. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, sir. So let's talk about, uh, as you put it, keeping our shell on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I, I think uh, many folks might have seen the news, you know, this week that, uh, you know, in, in Orleans, at least, the, uh, the the city council approved the property tax break for the developers of the new uh, regional headquarters for Shell uh, over at the River District, right there adjacent to the uh, to the convention center. Um, big, big deal. Uh, big deal on a, on, a, on a number of levels. You know, a the recommitment of Shell to to keep their regional headquarters here in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, a retention of, of you know over 800 jobs in that uh, in that office. And it's also a very visible recommitment that you know that these guys are building a, a new office tower uh, in a highly visible part of New Orleans with their logo on the side of it, um, in, in a very kind of um, solid way, recommitting to to New Orleans. So very proud of that. And, and then the development overall is a big deal. I mean, we, you know, this is potentially the largest you know, non-energy, non-industrial, privately financed uh, development in, in Louisiana history at the River District. And so, you know, that's going to inspire even more development adjacent to it. Obviously, you know, the benefit of, of filling up that, you know, entire district with with new types of, of mixed-use developments is, is, a, is a gigantic deal for, for New Orleans. So we're really excited about, about this project. Josh, it occurred to me, and I think you touched on this just a little bit, and I think it's worth highlighting, this is bigger than, as it relates to Shell, this is bigger than just the jobs, right? And it's bigger than just the immediate economic impact. Uh, it's a recommitment of, I believe, our area being committed to the fossil fuel industry and the importance that they've played in the history of the state of Louisiana, because we've pretty much lost everyone else to Houston, right? Yeah, no, you nailed it. 
you know, we, we po- certainly post-Katrina, a handful of the energy companies that were headquartered in our region, um, you know, moved moved to Houston. And, and Houston is the energy capital for the globe, not not just the U.S. So it's it's and it's on our border, right? So that's that's pretty stiff competition. But but the fact that that Shell is recommitting and Shell is, is you know being a, one of the majors, obviously, mm-hmm. um, not only recommitting but, but doing it in such a visible way. I mean, it's it's kind of silly as it sounds, but having that logo on the side of a building so that so that not only people here realize that, that they've planted a flag here, but you know the the 18 million visitors who come through New Orleans a year also see that. Um, inspires a lot of confidence in, in, in our market. So it's a, it, is a, it is a huge deal. It's a, it's a very visible uh, thing, and, and, and we're very proud of that. Well, you and I have talked before, and Michael and I have talked before, that some of our, and the governor just talked about it as well briefly, that a lot of the successes that we've had in the most recent years relative to economic development has been development of green energy. And a lot of what other people desire to do, we've actually done. But this, I think, also sets um, sends the message that there can be a balance, and it, they're not mutually yeah. exclusive, and we can do both, right? And- not at all. We should we should be doing both. A hundred a hundred percent. Look, I mean, the reality is, um, you know, traditional oil and gas um, provides a lot of jobs, provides a lot of revenue, not only for our our city and our region, but for for our state and our country. And so, and it's also critical from a national defense perspective. I mean, it, it, obviously, we 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 power a lot of the globe with with oil and gas, and so um, it's not something you just turn off one day and you you just turn on you know a new form of energy. So it's it's a you know it's an all of the above approach, uh, and and so we're seeing investment in all of the above in South Louisiana. We're seeing investment in traditional oil and gas. We're seeing investment in all types of of new energy or cleaner energy. Uh, and we'll take all of it. I mean, it's good for our economy. It's 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 their job creators, uh, and even the traditional guys like Shell. I mean, I think it's important to remind people that just in the last you know year and a half, they've made two major investments in cleaner, new forms of energy in in our region. Look, LSU obviously they gave twenty five million dollars to start the new energy center at LSU, and then Shell gave ten million dollars um, in, in a partnership with Avondale and Gulfwind Technology out at Avondale. Uh, to to fabricate and, and do research and design on wind blades for for the Gulf of Mexico, um, and so those are you know kind of newer energy, cleaner energy investments that that a traditional energy company, a big oil major like Shell, has made in our region. And they've been good corporate partners in many other ways. I think they were affiliated, if my memory serves me correct, with Jazzfest and others. I mean, you see, you know, the commitment that they're making to any number of things that we do here in the city. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've been the marquee sponsor for Jazz Fest for, for a very long time. In fact, I don't think they get enough credit for helping to bring Jazz Fest back after Katrina. Um, that, that they really came in, stepped up to a, a, you know another level in terms of their financial commitment to that to that event uh, into the city of New Orleans. And so, yeah, I think it is important that they're that they're also recognized for, for just being good corporate citizens in our region and, and making some of those investments that make our lives, you know, better in, in New Orleans. Looks like we may have a chance to see a handful of New Orleans Pelican games on, on television. Uh, what happened? What changed? How did this come about? Yeah, so so this is I think still still unfolding how it's all gonna gonna work out. But um, 
Bally Sports, who had the um, the air rights for a handful of NBA teams, um, filed for bankruptcy. And as as part of their sort of bankruptcy agreement proceedings with the NBA, they were they te- each team that uh, had sold their given their rights to to Bally's were released back a handful of games for over-the-air rights. Uh, so the Pels got, I believe, 10 games back that they can now air um, o- over the air for, for you know, local TV and, and local audiences. So that's that's great that, you know, locals can can tune into Pels games um, without a subscription, without without cable, free over-the-air uh, Pels games. So that's, that's a big positive. And it'll be how many, 10 games, you said? Yeah, I believe I believe the settlement is 10, 10 games, ten additional home games in our market will be broadcast for for free over the air. This uh, next topic, the American Plant Food uh, over there at Cornerstone Chemical Company in Wagaman Complex, that's kind of been a rocky road for a while, and it seems as though they decided they're out. What's going on there? Well, I, I think it's a pause. Um, it, it, you know, it's they're 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 not out um, for good, but they they pressed pause yesterday. Uh, they were they were slated to go before um, Jefferson Parish Council for a preliminary decision on the industrial tax exemption program or the ITEP program, which provides a, a, a tax exemption for industrial projects. And I, I think they weren't they weren't feeling great about um, the vote. Some of the advocates who were, you know, coming out against them potentially or, or weren't in favor of the project. And so they decided to kind of press pause until they had uh, a better level of um, confidence on, on whether or not they would get the, uh, the industrial tax exemption on that, on that project out at uh, Cornerstone. Were, were there significant risks that people are worried about relative uh, to this development? No, I, I, you know, I think this is a this is a this is a big deal. This is a good project. It's a project that we want in our in our region for a handful of reasons. I mean, one, these guys make uh, fertilizer for American farms, uh, and it, it's something that you know I think we take for granted. Certainly, you know, as we live in a city, but um, you know, the, the the fertilizer that keeps our our crops you know strong and healthy and and growing. Uh, is is critical for again national you know security and for and for food security not not only here at home but but you know we export food as well to to the developing world um, so this is a this is an important project um, you know I, I think that people don't always understand that these things kind of come in phases and so there were there was potentially some concerns around you know American plant foods um, job commitment. But the message got out early that, oh, American Plant Foods uh, was, was only going to create, you know, a, a smaller amount of jobs and th- then was initially reported on their ITEP form. But the reality is um, they were going to phase those jobs in over over time. And so sometimes those messages get just get lost when mm-hmm. people are you know, looking at these applications. But the reality is it's, it's a great project. Um, the average salary level was, I believe, around $100,000, $120,000 per job. Um, it's, it continues to kind of build out, uh, the Cornerstone park area and, and a strong partnership with Cornerstone chemical who would be supplying a handful of, uh, the feedstocks necessary to make this plant food. Um, and you know, the, the, the challenge with this is more importantly than anything, Newell is the message that we send to the business community. If, if we can't fight for these really good projects and we can't land these really good projects, is the competitive landscape. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think this is a question of, 
Jefferson Parish versus another river parish. This is a question of Jefferson Parish versus Texas or Jefferson Parish, you know, versus Mississippi potentially. And so we want to make sure that we land these jobs and this investment in our region and we send a really positive signal to businesses that, that we're open for business, we're welcoming for business. And obviously we have, we have to follow regulations and make sure these are safe operations. Um, but but the reality is we, we want to compete against Texas for this. And uh, we, we want to make sure these jobs and this money comes to Jefferson Parish. Let's uh, pivot. Not often uh, is the repairing of a roof uh, big news, but it is big news at the NASA Mishu Assembly Facility. Over $100 million in roof repairs. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's not it's a pretty eye-opening number. When you think about the size of that facility, I mean, it's, it's over 2 million square feet, so it's just a gigantic facility, um, and, 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 you know, it cost a, a fortune to repair that. It also just reminds us that sometimes the wheels of the federal government, you know, move, move a little bit slowly, but um, it, it's, it's further, you know, indication that, the feds are spending again on space and space exploration and space travel, and that the Mishu facility is critically important to the Artemis mission and the rockets that are being built out there to go back to the moon and, and potentially to Mars. Uh, and you can't do any of that if you've got a leaky roof. Um, and so, yeah, it's certainly an eye-opening number for, for roof repair. I don't know what sort of shingles they've got up there, what sort of tar they're putting down, but uh, the fact that they've, they've committed to it is a really good sign for the, you know all, all the growth that we're seeing out uh, in Mishu and then adjacent to Mishu at, at the Propel Park development as well. Uh, one of the uh, Greater New Orleans Inc. important partners, JEDCO, um, Jefferson Economic Development Corporation, had their annual luncheon yesterday under the theme, 30 Years of Financing the Future. Uh, they're alive and well, and that bodes well for everyone, right? 100%. These guys are all stars. I mean, I, I'm going to brag on on Jedco and, and Jerry Bologna for a, a little bit. Um, you know, I've been in economic development in, in Louisiana for for over a decade, and they're 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 doing something special in Jefferson Parish that you, you don't see in 63 other parishes. And, and and what that really is is the ability to help finance small businesses in their parish. Um, and and they've even taken on financing deals with companies from other parishes to expand, you know, not only in Jefferson Parish, but across Louisiana. And so they're really, they're, they're doing something special. Um, they, 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 they took charge of, of a situation, which is, you know, it's hard for small businesses to find financing. And, and look, it's going to be increasingly difficult with, with the current climate and banking and, and high interest rates. Uh, and so they're, they're filling a critical gap in Jefferson Parish uh, and, and they've done a wonderful job of, of providing services to small businesses in that, in that region, in that parish. Super proud of what they've done. Um, yeah, so yesterday was a, was, a, was a wonderful event. They touched on a lot of their highlights throughout the year. But, uh, but this, this theme around financing and financing the future sets them apart from, again, 63 other parishes in this state. So very proud of our partnership with JEDCO and the growth we've seen out there and, and the leadership under Jerry Bologna. Do you find that the necessity to be more innovative in your approach is really what's going to take us to the next level? I mean, we're always struggling, scratching, trying to move from probably a third-tier metro area to a second-tier metro area as we compete with other metro areas. Um, And it just simply requires really just thinking out of the box these days. Um, 100%. And it's, 
you know, I think a lot of what we what we do at GNO Inc. and a lot of our philosophy is um, is is highly iterative, right? So it's it's let's let's try every approach we can, all of the above, all of the time, um, and and we need to be creative on how we're going to attract business, change the perception uh, of our region, right? I mean, there we we face a lot of social challenges. So how do we do that, right? Uh, how do we rebrand? You know, our region as a destination for businesses, for companies that want to risk their capital and, 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 and move their people or hire people in our region and, and, and take those risks because they see this as a sound place to do that. And so I think it's, it's an ongoing effort that's constantly evolving, and we have to be very iterative in how we do it. We try stuff constantly. If it's not working, we shut it down and we move on to the, to the new campaign or the new project. But but it takes all of us working in partnership. And like, like Jedco, we were just talking about those guys. We do that in partnership with Jedco. How do, how do we rebrand? How do we continue to message? How do we reach new audiences, right? How do we touch companies that aren't aware that, you know, we have some of the best, you know, tax credits in the country or the best workforce programs in the country or, or that our quality of life in, in the New Orleans region is second to none. So it's, it's, it's selling the region, right? That's a lot of what we have to do. And there's no one way to skin that cat. And one other way to approach it is uh, something that you want to mention here about this gathering for startups that was put on by the Loyola Center for Entrepreneurship. Um, there is a role for our local university and universities, excuse me, and we are blessed with several uh, all uh, quality, uh, all, all have high quality, and it's important uh, that, that they're incorporated in whatever the approach may be. Yeah, this is this is a this is huge. So what we've decided to to, to try to launch next year is a monthly uh, startup ecosystem event that is co-hosted by a different partner every month. That um, those partners can be higher education, like like last night we hosted a, an event with Loyola Center for Entrepreneurship. Um, we'll you know we'll host events in the in the spring in 24 with uh, Idea Village, with University of New Orleans, with all of our partners who are who are connected to the startup ecosystem and entrepreneurship in our region. You know, the nice thing is we're very fortunate because these folks get along in general. I mean, look, in other markets, higher ed can be kind of fiercely uh, competitive with one another. But I find that in our region, um, we're all building towards the same goal. Uh, certainly in the startup ecosystem, it's, it's, it's about pooling resources, mentorship, venture capital, you know, angel and seed investing. All of these things have to sort of work together in a market that's not as big as in Austin or San Francisco so that, so that we can be competitive and we can provide capital and mentorship and a path to customers for these startups. So this is an effort for us to continue to like bring all of these ecosystem partners together so that we can build, you know, stronger alliances and, and provide, uh, you know, for services and capital and customers that startups need. Josh, are you surprised like I am? And maybe I shouldn't be, but, and you're probably not now that I think about it, you know, um, I did the NOLA coalition segment yesterday and we visited with, uh, mm -hmm. um, a young lady from UNO about the Upward Bound program there. And as I was listening to what she was saying, I mean, the, the, the diversity of the opportunities that they create on each and every one of these campuses just um, is astounding to me. And then when you collectively add all the universities that we have here in the metro area, um, 
there's a place for them to play a, a much bigger role in a whole lot of different on a on a whole lot of different fronts. Would you agree? Yeah, um, I think folks don't realize often the economic powerhouses that universities are, um, and, and that happens in a lot of ways, right? It's not only direct employment, right? A, they're just gigantic employers. Not only folks that are in the classroom, but folks that are handling, you know, the facilities, folks that um, are in administration. So they're, they're, they're huge employers. Um, they continue to sink capital back into their campus and back into the services those campuses provide. Um, they are, you know, workforce development and talent incubators for the employers of the region. Uh, they, you know, they're engaged in research and development that can, you know, can then spin out of the university and, and turn into dollars for our region. Um, so so they, they touch almost everything we, we do, you know, in terms of, you know, being an economic engine. And they're just critical components uh, to, to helping, you know, grow a market and grow a city. I, I can't think of a, a great American market, you know, great American city that is not underpinned by, you know, one, two, three very uh, powerful, impactful, high-performing universities. It, it just doesn't happen. So they're absolutely critical to, to everything that we do. Absolutely. absolutely. When we come back, uh, Luke, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, Josh and I are going to be talking uh, about EV, electric vehicles, batteries, uh, the possibility of the future of getting into that here in the state of Louisiana, what that means to us. Josh Flagg is a senior VP business development at GNO Inc. Stay with us. We will be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We are visiting with Josh Flagg, Senior VP Business Development at GNO Inc. Um, Josh, there seems to be that there, or there is an opportunity um, uh here in Louisiana to uh, kind of get into this sector uh, in a quick fashion and and hopefully kind of corner it for a little bit in the southeast uh, part of the United States relative to battery development for EV cars. Yeah, there's 
there's a lot happening here, uh, and the timing is, is is actually pretty amazing. It's a it's a confluence of you know a lot of different things in the U.S. Um, I think I think the beginning is that EVs are popular. You know, they're they're selling. I think ten years ago people thought it wouldn't work, and you know you had a few hybrid models out. But when when Tesla began to sell you know over a million uh, units or cars a year. Uh, people are going to wake up that, that these things, you know, if designed right and, and if made well, are great vehicles. And look, I, I sound a little bit like a shill for, for EVs because I own one and I love EVs. I'm a huge fan. But, but, you know, the reality is Tesla sort of proved to the world that if well-made, if well-designed, people will buy electric vehicles. Um, so, so you begin to see this demand continue to grow globally for, for these vehicles. At the same time, uh, COVID hits. The you know the federal government begins to pass various stimulus bills, you know these big omnibus kind of spending bills to stimulate the economy coming out of COVID. And one of those bills, the the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was passed in in 2022, uh, really put a lot of dollars into uh, tax credits for electric vehicles. But there was a stipulation. It said, if you're a manufacturer, if you're Tesla, you're GM, you're Ford, and you want to offer this $7,500 refundable tax credit to your customers, you've got to buy a majority of your battery components from a U.S. manufacturer. And so what happened was you have all these suppliers around the globe that were supplying you know, various pieces and parts to, um, to Tesla and GM and Ford and others that were making EVs scramble to figure out how to build U.S. operations to, to, so that they could then um, offer these tax credits to their, you know, to, to their customers, to the end user. And so there's just been this mad dash of, of EV operations looking for new sites across, across the country. So that's, that's really the first kind of two parts to this pretty fascinating story. Well, let's talk about uh, the market first off. Um, you provided a very rosy picture. Uh, I had an ec- uh, a subject matter expert on the show the other day that, that talked about the fact that a lot of dealers are now uh, stuck with EV vehicles that they have floor plans on and they're not able to sell them. You know, the, the first-generation kind of purchasers, they feel like they've kind of run through those and, and they're having difficulty, even in spite of uh, a lot of the enormous that are provided uh, for that. That yep. doesn't mean that this goes away. Um, but it occurs to me that one of the bigger challenges is, um, ha- has the industry decided on what the technology is going to be from a battery perspective? Because there's probably three or four different options that are out there at the present time, and they're always making improvements there. How do you think that's going to impact the, the future of this? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, if you look at the different OEMs or the, or the different you know the different car manufacturers, they, they, they each will give you a different version of, of this. Uh, you know, I, I think Toyota has put billions and billions into researching what they call solid state batteries, mm-hmm. um, which has this substrate that separates the, the two nodes of the battery, which is which is solid permeable layer um, that. That's a TBD. You know, if, if you listen to the rhetoric coming out of Toyota, the reason they, they put so much money into this is they say it's a lighter battery, it's easier to charge or faster to charge, 
Um, you get more range out of those batteries. But the, the, the core truth is, you know, there's, there's not a commercial vehicle right now that you can go buy that has a solid state battery in it. So, so we just don't know yet. Tesla, um, you know, has not gone down the path of solid state batteries. Um, so I, I think the, I think no one knows the answer to you know what's going to be the, the ultimate sort of battery of the future. My, my guess is it, it'll it'll depend, right? It'll depend on who owns what type of tech, um, who is selling vehicles that work. I mean, you know, Tesla doesn't have a whole lot of need today to go spend billions and billions into something like a solid state battery because people are buying, you know, a million and a half to two million Teslas a year currently, and so. Um, whereas Toyota is going to be playing catch up. And, and so what type of I, I battery think, does Tesla use? Do you know? So it's, it's a lithium ion battery, lithium ion. but it, it, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't use a, uh, a solid state, you know, the substrate that separates the, the, the two nodes of the battery, like, like Toyota's trying to design, but either way you do see lithium being this major, um, you know, mineral component that is in most of these battery designs regardless. And so the need for, a lot of these rare earth minerals like lithium, like cobalt, like manganese is, is only going to grow, I think, regardless of, of what type of, of battery is, you know, becomes kind of the mainstream popular battery. Um, that's that's a big TBD. But we, you know, we even have exciting developments in that world. You know, we, I don't know if, if you've seen this, but Exxon recently purchased uh, about $100 million parcel of land in southern Arkansas that really borders right there on, on the top of Louisiana, um, around Magnolia, Arkansas, in what they call the Smackover Foundation, which is a, a big traditional oil and gas play, but there's a ton of lithium in there as well. And they have been very public that the reason they bought that land was to begin to to mine uh, lithium from that formation right on our northern border. So that's a that's a big deal. It's a big deal to see that you know Exxon, a major oil and gas player, is now getting into the lithium game as well. What do you see as headwinds for this industry from a regulatory standpoint? Uh, you know, we hear industry complaining all the time that they can make these fines. Uh, there's no doubt that we need the rare earth mineral. Uh, we've empowered the economic engine of China by uh, importing a lot of this when we have a lot of it here mm -hmm. in this country, but we're not able to, to mine it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there there will definitely be regulatory headwinds around mining the you know the process by which these rare earth minerals are mined, and then where they come from, right? So if, if they're not coming from China, in many cases they're coming from very poor countries in Africa where the conditions are you know abhorrent, right? And so that's not good for for anyone that we're pulling cobalt out of you know, places in, in Africa where, you know, the, the workers are mistreated or, you know, the, the earth is not sort of well tended, you know, um, after the mine has been has been exhausted. And so I think there needs to be a lot of kind of global improvement around how the materials are mined, how they're processed. Um, you know, there's they're, they're effectively mined, put on a barge, sent somewhere, soaked in, in hydrofluoric acid, you know, what do you do with the waste materials after that? Um, there, there, you know, there will be continued regulation around the waste that comes out of, you know, creating these batteries. And then on the, on the far side, what, what happens when, when we're done with them? How do you recycle them? You know, what do you, what do, you do with old batteries that are no longer useful? And we have an amazing company in our region, in Advano, who's, who's working on some pretty novel tech around the recycling of batteries. So I think we'll see a lot of investment in, in, in not only mining and, and processing of minerals, 
but but also in the recycling as well. And, and regulation, to your point on headwinds, I mean, we're going to have to figure out how to do this more responsibly, um, more responsibly locally, um, but but also globally. And, and, you know, how do you make sure that the Tesla you, that you bought, you know, in New Orleans, Louisiana, is not full of materials that were mined in, in a place where, you know, human rights weren't respected? Like, those are those are all real challenges. Yeah. Hi, we're visiting with Josh Flegg. He's the um, Executive Vice President of Business Development for GNO, Inc. We're talking about electric vehicles, more importantly, the development of batteries here in Louisiana. There's a manufacturing opportunity for us. Uh, We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, folks. We've been talking with Josh Flagg, Senior Vice President of Business Development at GNO, Inc., and been specifically talking about battery manufacturing and as an industry that could potentially thrive here in Louisiana. Uh, Josh, I wanted to ask this question as you were talking earlier. There are those that say we might have the cart before the horse right now as to the development of a lot of these things in and around EV. And, you know, you talked about the Inflation Reduction Act. In that same act, there's a boatload of money for charging stations for all 50 states. And I think only about three, if my memory serves me correct, I was doing some research on this, have actually taken advantage of that money and actually been able to deploy charging stations uh, across the country. I think at the present demand of EVs, there's a need for 1.6 or 1.8 million charging stations, and they're less than 350,000 across the country. Your thoughts? Yeah, so I think... 
I think you're right in part, right? I, th- I think this cart before the horse on some components within, you know, the IRA or some of these other big COVID relief bills is, is fair. It's accurate. Um, you know, I, I, I like the stuff that's going to drive jobs and investment to a place like South Louisiana, which is, you know, so, some of these materials processing, refining operations, you know, there's some massive grants out from the Department of Energy that are specifically about you know, reshoring American manufacturing, that, that stuff I love. Um, but so the, the, the challenge, um, though, to your point, is some, some of these infrastructure things around charging. You know, I, I don't know that the, it's settled yet on how people are going to use chargers that are public chargers or, you know, chargers where you stop and, and, and pay um, for every type of EV that's out there. You know, I, I've and I've experienced this personally. Like I drove a Tesla from Salt Lake City back to New Orleans, and it was a very seamless experience. I stopped at Tesla superchargers along the way, and and you know sometimes you're a little off the beaten path, but not far. It's a it's a very quick and easy process, and your computer sort of routes it out for you. So there's definitely infrastructure. Um, there's not infrastructure for every type of EV. There's not nearly as much infrastructure, obviously, for charging as there is for, you know, internal combustion engines uh, and, and gas stations. Um, so I, I'm with you on the charging piece. Uh, I don't know that we know, you know, what that's going to look like. I charge my EV at my house. I don't need to use, you know, commercial chargers or public chargers or anything like that. I mean, I, I go home at night and plug mine in if I need to plug it in. So. So do we need the same level of infrastructure that we have for gas stations for EVs? And that, I think that's an unknown right now. And the cart might me, be before the horse on that. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, you, you're, you're much younger than me. You may not recall. But, you know, when we first had the first generation of cell phone technology, right, they had uh, TDMA, CDMA, and FDMA yep. platforms, right? And, oh, and yep. Europe was so much more advanced than the United States in the utilization of that phone in opening a garage door, turning your lights on, you know, getting all yep. of the peripheral uh, benefits of the phone because they they settled on a platform. And at the time it was TDMA, um, if my memory serves me correct. We went down... Uh, it no, was we, multiple we, platforms. Were... We never did resolve the, the platform issue. Um, yep. And as a result, we were probably 10, 12, maybe 15 years behind Europe. Uh, and I'm wondering if I'm seeing similar things here. And that's why I asked about the types of batteries. Uh, it would seem to me the industry would be much better served to come to a resolution of the type of battery that it's going to use and develop it together. Because the 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 auto industry is all about selling the automobile, not really about selling yep. the battery, right? That's right. That's right. You know, I think probably more important than, you know, what materials or what substrates are used inside the battery casing is, is how it's charged. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Tesla's winning the race on building the standard spec for charging. Um, you know, many of the OEMs have adopted the Tesla standard now and, and the standard plug in the standard um, quick charging infrastructure. So I, I, you know, it's a little bit early to call obviously, but if you, if you, you know, if you're looking at where things are heading, it seems that they're going to be the one because they're so far ahead of everyone else in terms of sales and infrastructure across the country that they may win that race in the, in the U S and I'm with you, you know, the faster we can get to a standard, the better it is for consumers because, 
I remember, and I'm not, uh, I'm, I might be a little bit younger, Newell, but I certainly remember the old days of uh, TDMA versus CDMA, the time division, multiple access versus the code division, right? Um, and, and frequency and, division. And, and frequent, right, right. And so it was a disaster and interoperability between, I mean, I remember the days when, you know, only when, when text messaging came out and if you were an AT&T customer, you could only text another AT&T customer. We've I mean, come a long way. Oh, um, you're but, much but, older than I thought, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it, man. I remember it. Josh, I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I, I know that you stepped in for Matt in the first segment, did a great job. He's uh, under the weather. We wish him the best um, and um, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Matt is fired. He's he's definitely not. I'm going to take over for Matt going forward, and he's probably out Christmas shopping. I don't believe that he's really sick anyway. It's so. all a story, huh? He's, he, he's been hanging around right. Michael Heck too much. That's the problem. Way, way too much. Thanks all for right. having me, Noel. I Thank really you. appreciate it. Josh Flagg, Senior Vice President of Business Development at GNO Inc. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. When we come back after the top of the news break, we'll be talking Super Bowl Sugar Bowl. We'll be talking about the uh, Arnell Carriers New Orleans Bowl with Jay Cicero from uh, he is the president and CEO of Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation and a great partner of New Orleans and Company. And we'll talk to him about the economic impact of all of this and what direction are we going relative to the sports economy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 